Respect My Crown is a community designed to support women who desire to step into the abundance that awaits them. We know that now is the time to manifest our visions, realize our dreams, and accomplish our goals. Respect My Crown is a support system that encourages women to deepen in spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. Our very special guest today is an award-winning content and branding expert. She's held senior leadership roles at ESPN, Ebony Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, Teen People, Essence, and Honey Magazine. She is currently the Chief Content Officer for The Grio, which is a leading digital media brand that serves the African-American audience. She is also EVP Digital for Byron Allen's Entertainment Studios, The Grio's parent company. This fabulous woman is an author of an empowering advice book for women, Get Yours, How to Have Everything You Ever Dreamed Of, and more. Amy and I have something in common. We are both single mommies of preteens. Lord help us. <laughs> Please help us. Welcome, Please. Amy to Boys Barnett to the show. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm a single mom of a preteen. Okay. <laughs> the struggle is so real. Let me tell you, I first met Amy um, back in 2001. She would absolutely never remember this, but uh, I had moved to New York with no job. $1,500 and a coconut smile was all I had. Uh, after three months of grinding hard, I secured what I had believed at the time was my dream job. Uh, I was offered the PM drive shift at WBLS in New York, um, which is, for those people who don't know, it's New York's Heritage R&B station. And my first week there, I was invited to a party for Honey Magazine. And uh, Amy, as the editor-in-chief, she came on board with this mission to gear the magazine towards my age group at the time. Uh, she gave the magazine this bold new look, articles that represented my voice, my lifestyle. And I could be wrong, Amy, you tell me, but I haven't seen anything like it since. Have you? Oh, you know, I miss Honey Magazine so much. I mean, that brand was unique. Like, we came along and we just disrupted media at the time because, you know, back then the only major media brand that was speaking to black women was Essence. And right. I loved Essence. And I, I, you know, I ran the style department at Essence for a little while in their, in their lifestyle department, but there was just nothing that was talking to, you know, ambitious, um, you know, fun, you know, adventure seeking, risk taking, you know, women in yeah. their, you know, women of color in their like, 20s you right. know 20s and, and 30s there was just nothing out there so you know we just we just created like a community you know like a tribe we look at social media right now and let's just keep it real amy everybody and their mom is using the hashtag girl boss right and we know that um some people maybe really are girl bosses and then some people really want to be but they may not have um, the qualities that it that it takes, and we know that networking is one. Um, can you give some tips to women who are tuning in who want to be the ultimate girl boss on how to network? Because it's an uncomfortable thing for people. Absolutely, <clears throat> networking is the way that you're going to become a girl boss. It is the way to get ahead. It is. I don't want to say the only way, but without networking, I don't see how you're going to ever do it, right? So it's, there's a lot of things that you, you know, characteristics of girl bosses, but the, the one consistent one is being able to network. Yeah. So, you know, what that really means is, I mean, obviously you need, um, you know, people around you who are going to support your efforts. 
um, you need for people to see who you are um, and understand what you're about in order for um, opportunities to flow your way, right? Um, and then you need people to, to you know, you know, kind of be on your team, you know, when you're trying to get whatever it is off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about networking is that you can't wait until you need a relationship to establish a relationship. Mm. You have to establish your relationships before you need them. I think that's like one of the biggest things that people don't really process is that these are relationships. Yeah. You know, I have relationships. I don't just have like people I can call and you know, whatever. I mean, I have those two, I guess, if I, you know, if I really need to make a call, I could, you know, those, those kind of people, but yeah. I have a lot of relationships. Like you said, you and I met back in 2001, Yeah. right? <laughs> yes. You called me, right, to do this, right, which I'm so happy to do, and I, I'm, I'm super psyched that you, you invited me, and I'm honored to be here, but when you called me, I was like, oh, of course, because we've known each other a, a long, long time, time. Mm-hmm. right? That's so true. You know, and, and that's what it was. So when I was, you know, networking in the magazine industry, for example, to get the team people job, you know, there was an in, there was a, a, a um, an industry organization called um, the um, Association of um, of uh, the National what was it? the American Association of, of Magazine Editors, and it was a prestigious organization. The, the um, acronym, excuse me, is ASME, and it was a very prestigious prestigious organization comprised of of editors who were either like at the, at the top two positions on the masthead, so either executive editors or editors-in-chief. Mm. There were like no, almost no black people like in it. Like, I can maybe, imagine. Like, <laughs> under, it was crazy. It was like bananas. It was like, it was like, looked like Alabama, like in 19. <laughs> like, it was so crazy. And so I was like, okay, let me, let me, you know, fight to be part of this organization. So when I was editor-in-chief of Honey, right, which is like this little magazine that nobody had heard of, you know, until I, until they did hear of it. Yeah. Um, but when they didn't hear of it, when they didn't know what it was, I like, kind of fought to get in as me. And then when I was, you know, and everybody was like, who is this person and why is she here? And then when I was in that as me, I made a point to meet everybody. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to meet everybody. I'm going to impress them. And then they started. They started having me judge, um, you know, the the, the um, national magazine awards, you know, the Ellies. Oh. And so I was judging the Ellies, and they were really impressed with me. They were like, "Oh, she's you know super smart. Wow, you know." And so then it was look at this smart black girl. <laughs> you, literally, like I'm like, "Oh my God, look at her. She really has things to say. Like she's really contributing meaningfully to this conversation." Yeah. Great, right. <laughs> you know, and so and so. And that was part of it, too. They didn't even, you know, in the industry, part of the reason why we're not at the top of mainstream mastheads is because people think that we can only, we black people can only run black or urban brands. They don't even, you know, oftentimes don't consider us, um, you know, for these mainstream brands because they don't think that we can speak to the audience. Right. Right. And so it was through ASME that I met, um, you know, some people at Time Inc., right, who put me in touch with Azolda Motley, who was at the time the corporate editor, who then, you know, started to have, you know, get to know me and then, you know, ultimately offered me the teen people job after, of course, I put together a huge, impressive proposal. Yes. But, you know, but, I mean, that's that's how that came about. Had I not, you know, had I not sort of worked my way into ASME and then worked the room and met everybody and then got on the, you know, committees to jo- to judge the, the LEs and impressed everybody and then met the people at Time Inc. and then ultimately met Azolda Motley, yeah. <laughs> I would never have been offered that opportunity, which was... I mean, Hunt was probably the career-changing opportunity, but Teen People was the career-amplifying opportunity. Oh, yeah. It was the most, you know? I love it. So, you know, when you, so when you network, you know, it's important to make the relationships before you need them, 
right? So, you know, definitely get to know people, not in a, in a yucky, you know, kind of, um, you know, sort of, you know, I don't know, uh, manipulative kind of way, because that, that's, that's, that's never, never cool. Right. You, know, you just want to, like, get to know people and just, you know, be, be cool. Um, and then if there's somebody who you really, you know, want to get to know further for your career, you, know, you can follow up after you meet them, right? Um, I mean, there's like the people that, who are your colleagues, who are your peers that you can just sort of be, you know, be friends with, be cool with. And then there's the people who you, you know, looking at, to for mentorship, um, you know, and you never want to be like, oh, please be my mentor. Like that's, that's, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, that's always exhausting. Like, don't do that, you know, but after you meet somebody impressive, you know, you can ask for their contact information or you can follow up by email. I mean, don't oh, yeah. do it too often because that's annoying, but do it like every now and then, like update the person on what you're doing, yeah. you know, congratulations person on their accomplishments. Um, you know, just, you know, whenever you have something to, to, to reach out to, so, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know, I've, I've recently, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I thought you'd, you know, we spoke about that when we met at the lunch, and I, you know, I thought that you would, you would like to know because you encouraged, encouraged me to, to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, and so when you do that for a while, you know, that's how you kind of establish, you know, a relationship. So then if you need something at some point, you can reach out to that person who you've been, you know, kind of, you know, you know, lightly, you know, um, um, you know, kind of, you know, contacting, you know, um, to congratulate them, to update them on your progress, et cetera. You can reach out and say, oh, hey, you know, I was, I was curious about the, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I was, you might offer me some, you might have some input on this. You know, you know, is there any way we could schedule a, a 10 minute phone call right. or something like that? That's so You great. know, and you can, you, you know, people, people are generally kind, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. People are generally kind and generally generous and, you know, if you say, if you do it that way and say, hey, you know, after establishing a relationship and, you know, reaching out infrequently and being, you know, cool, if eventually you say, hey, can we schedule a 10-minute phone call, for the most part, people will do it. Sure. Now, there's <laughs> no doubt that your parents um, helped to set the tone for your work ethic and and even leaving a, a legacy behind. Um, for those of you who don't know, you know, Amy's mother was the first black woman to head a major research university when she was named president of um, U of H, uh, University of Houston, back in 1990, I think. And, you know, I'm just curious to know, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind for your son? You know, I am super proud, you know, of of the work that I've been able to to do. You know, um, I, I'm really so happy with my career, and, and I'm, I'm proud of the impact, you know, that I've, that I've had on our community. You know, I talk to my son who's 12 all the time about goals. And, you know, I always tell him, like, money is, a, is an awful goal. In fact, I just posted something today on social media. Um, oh, at, at Amy D. Barnett on Twitter and, and uh, Amy Du Bois Barnett on, on IG. Um, but I, I just posted something today about money being a terrible goal, um, you know, because it's, it's just it, it won't get you the money, yeah. A, and it just won't get you the happiness, and you won't be impactful. And so I always tell them, like, you know, thing number one is to figure out how you can be positively impactful, you know, in, on the, in, this, in, in this life, in this world, in this universe. Like, how are you going to be a positive force, you know, for yourself, for your community, for, for everybody? You know, yeah. so think about that. And I'm just, I feel um, really good about... Um, the the you know the positivity that I've brought to our community. I mean, bottom line, you know, I have I have spoken to at this point millions um, of you know black folks and people of color and, and women, you know, about 
um, you know, values and, and important issues, um, you know, political issues, you know, about um, personal wealth building, about, um, you know, living for their, their, you know, their, their happiness and being independent and, um, and being goal-oriented. And, you know, I think that that is ultimately my legacy. I mean, I've had some really great, you know, groundbreaking career moments that, that I'm proud of, you know, but I'm just more proud of this, this overarching impact that I feel that I've had. That's I mean, awesome. I'm just, I'm, I couldn't be more proud. And, and that's, that's what I'm, I'm leaving my son. Yeah. I'm proud of you too. I really am. Oh. I really <laughs> am. You know, we, we all have our struggles as, as single, uh, sing, being a single mom period is just, the struggle is real, you know? And then when you're in an industry that is 24 hours a day and nonstop, um, Amy, tell us how do you really balance motherhood or is there even a balance to motherhood <laughs> at all? Um, you know, my, as you mentioned, my mom um, had a big job, you know, and was, was always working. And so I was really, 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 really fortunate um, to grow up watching that and watching her um, because it, 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 showed me that you can have a big job and you can be busy, you can work a lot and still um, be a terrific mom. And as a matter of fact, that um, is something that I think improves your, your ability to, to be a mother. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, I don't have maybe as much time um, like with my son as, you know, somebody who's a stay-at-home mom or perhaps somebody who, um, you know, works fewer hours or has to travel less, what have you. But I am giving him an example. I'm giving him an example of goal orientation, tenacity, and work ethic, and strong um, female leadership. Um, yeah. And I'm also able to focus more on him when I'm with yeah. him. Let me, let me also say this. I mean, people, you know, I want to be clear. Like, there's no real balancing of everything. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying this, and I, and I mean it. I mean yeah. what I'm saying, and that do believe that the example I'm giving and that is is worth so much. I mean, it's so rare, especially in our community, and it's worth so much. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. But to be clear, I mean, balance is like an illusion. I mean, you're just we're just all like spinning the plates. I mean, there's nobody out there who's like, well, I've got it perfectly balanced. I mean, right. That's not. <laughs> it's just not real. It's it's what works for you, right? What works for you yeah. might not work for someone else, but that's your version of balancing. Exactly. I mean, some, you know, exactly. And we all have to make different, you know, decisions about how we spend our resources. You know, like maybe, you know, I have to spend more on like babysitting or I have to, you know, you know, bring in an au pair, you know, because I can't, I can't, you know, be there at this time, but I don't spend as much on, you know, this over here. Or maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe I made the choice, for example, to take my son, you know, on a, you know, to Asia on a vacation this summer, but I'm not spending more money over here or, you know, or because I spent that two weeks with him, I was able to travel for three weeks afterward or, you know, whatever. Yeah, and there's this, yeah. this decisions that you're able to make. And frankly, you know, things that you're able to do. Like, like I tell some, you know, Maxie, sometimes I'm like, okay. And when he's like, you know, mommy, I wish that hey, you had more time you know, to spend with me. And I'm like, honey, I, I totally understand. Or, you know, I, he doesn't say that as much now, but when he was a little bit younger, you know, mommy, I wish you could pick me up after school every day. And I'm like, oh, honey, you know, that would be so great. But I can't do that because of, you know, the, the job, the kind of job that I have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because of the job that I have, you went to the White House and you met the president. Right. You met President Obama. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Yes. And I picked you 
up for after school every day, you would have gotten to go to the White House and be President Obama. So these yeah. are the kind of choices that we make in our life. Yes, and I love that you can have those conversations because I think being open about it releases the guilt that mothers have about, you know, we, we feel like we should be able to do everything. You know, just to really have, you know, tra- you know, real conversations with kids about life. Yeah. You know, I wish, I mean, my mom was a wonderful, amazing example for me, uh, but she didn't really have those kinds of conversations with me, and then she passed away when I was young, and so, when I was 22. And so, I, I learned so much from her by example, but I wasn't able to, to really talk to her about just how she, you know, her life and, like, how she got where she was and what her philosophy about, you know, this, that, and the third. Yeah. And so I really that with my son. I'm like, okay, let's just talk. Yes. <laughs> let's just talk about life. I'm going to tell you, here, kid, here's the truth. Yes. <laughs> with that being said, when you think about some of the tough times in your life in that maybe your, your, your son witnessed, um, has there ever been a moment where you wanted to quit and, you know, where it felt like nothing in the world is going right right now? What was that moment like for you? I definitely went through a moment like that. Um, gosh, I, oh, geez, I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, we'll several moments. I mean, life is, um, you know, tough. It's like very much, you know, up and down, um, you know, and there are, um, you know, nobody's, nobody's life is, you know, just one kind of steady climb up a ladder or, you know, you get married and you stay married and everything's great forever or, you know, you, you, you get money and then you have the money forever because it just keeps going and nothing right. goes wrong. But <laughs> that's how it is on Instagram. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, everybody's Instagram is like, you know, I mean, social media just, just I mean, it's, it's the most burnished, shiny version of everybody's life. Right. You know? So, um you know, so that's just not reality. I mean, reality is that you just, you know, you go up, you go down, you go left, you go right, you go up some more, you know, you kind of, you know, you do a somersault. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's complicated. Yeah. Um, and so I've had, so I guess my point is just, I've had lots of moments, you know, it just has not been like a steady rise up the ladder. I've had lots of moments of disappointment and success and failure and, you know, people have, you know, disappointed me and jobs have disappointed me and I've disappointed myself and, you know, all sorts of times. And then there was one time in particular, you know, I'll never forget it. I was, you know, in brief, I was offered a, a very big job, went through the negotiating process, had a contract, signed the contract, and the person who was supposed to, um, to uh, you know, the CEO was supposed to, you know, execute my contract on the other end, literally the last minute, the day he was supposed to sign it, after two months of negotiating, called me up and was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Oh. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. You know, you're, 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 I've decided you're too expensive. Oh. You know, and, and it was at the, the top of the recession. You remember the recession in 2008 where oh, yeah. literally media shut down. Like, there were no jobs. Like, there yeah. was no hiring, nothing. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'd already quit my job. Oh. There was no, nobody was hiring for like a year and a half. Gosh. And I was like, and I was literally out of a job because I had a big job. I had a really huge, you know, huge titles. I was, you know, I had already been editor-in-chief twice at that point. And so I was really, you know, a, a top-level hire and nobody was making them. How did and you so push through it? And so I was like it? out of a job for over a year. My and gosh. it was just, I mean, it was so demoralizing, you know, because I'd always, you know, had a big job. I, you know, not always, but I'd you know, almost always had a big job and, you know, and, and, um, and I was, 
I realized I was really defined by like success and oh, gosh, I yeah. felt so stupid and worthless and then money was an issue and I mean it was so many things that were happening and I was just like ugh I should just quit and go like sell seashells in Costa Rica like I yes <laughs> yes did you battle with depression at all say again did you battle with depression at all during that time Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, this actually is the first time I'm really publicly saying it, but yeah, I went through a, a definite period of depression. It was like a good, I don't know, maybe six, six, six months to a year. I mean, yeah. it took me six months to like, you know, like get diagnosed and then figure out and like another six months to like break the cycle, you yeah. know, and come out of it. But it was, it was a real low point in my life. And eventually I think I'm probably going to like write about it or, you know, I want to, like say more words so people understand that you know everybody goes through stuff. Oh I mean, my gosh! Not, you know, there's not a person out there that's just like, oh my god, my life has been perfect. I mean, that's not a thing. It's not. You know, so yeah, so and so that, that's why it's so important for you know people like you to be able to share your stories and and even other influencers because you know, we, we are in this social media world, like you said, where we're looking at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat. And it looks like everyone's life is so perfect. And I, and I hate it because it's, you know, we are creating these unrealistic expectations, especially for millennials that, that this is life right here. And it's all a lie. It's it's such a facade. You're getting right. snippets, like little, you know, highlight or highlight reel of people's lives, not what is really happening behind closed doors. It's so true, you know. And I've actually started to think about that myself and my own, you know, sort of social media presence because it is like it's. I mean, I sort of treat it, you know, like a like an art canvas, you know. So I'm kind of you know posting things that I think are pretty, you know, or that I think kind of you know, I can add to the canvas of my life or, I'm, yeah. you, know, you know, whatever. And then I'm realizing that, you know what, this is presenting a picture that it's, you know, like so sort of like shiny and, and fun and everything looks great because, you know, and I'm like, well, how, how, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to put a picture of myself like, you know, like sad, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I've gained, you know, 10 pounds and I'm trying to lose it. Like, <laughs> right. so how do you, how do you actually portray yeah. that on social yeah, like it's really hard it to is. give a balanced perspective. It, it's so interesting you say that too, because so just this past May, I don't know if you even had a chance to see this, but um, on on my Instagram, I, I came out and and shared my story of being in this emotionally abusive relationship with this guy for the past year. And, uh, and I talked about being depressed and I talked about the pain, the person's a narcissist and anybody who's experienced narcissistic abuse knows it's coming out of that relationship. It is so painful. It's so tough. And, um, and, and it was really hard for me to share, to share that story, but I knew that it was necessary. But then there's like a boatload of people who just come out saying, oh my God, I am feeling exactly how you feel. I am depressed too. I am going through, you know, emotional abuse also, and I'm trying to figure out how to get out. Or I'm going through this healing process and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh crap, there's a reason why, you know, it's so necessary for us to share these um, not so great moments because people feel like they are alone. So I, I want to ask you, you know, how important 
a role does the media play in amplifying these messages that, you know, abuse, whether sexual, physical, emotional, are no longer acceptable? And how do you give women this platform to share their truth? Well, I did see your story, and um, and I did think it was really important um, and and brave of you to be that transparent. And I definitely applaud you for it. Um, and that was actually one of I think the things that made Honey Magazine so successful back in the day, and has been a, I think a characteristic of my maybe my my career and to a certain degree my personal brand, which is that you know I really wanted at the time and still want to humanize success. You know, I still want to make it clear, you know, to women, to everybody, you know, that, um, you know, that success is not just like this, this, you know, this one-way ladder up and the people who are successful aren't, you know, like special in some kind of a way that, you know, makes them inaccessible or makes them different from everybody else right. or that heals them from problems and, like, personal problems or professional problems or financial problems or anything else. Like, yeah. that's just not a thing. You know, we're all human. We all have dreams and goals. We all have successes and failures. And, you know, we all have happiness and disappointment. And, you know, and I've, you know, definitely, you know, when, when I was a honey, for example, um, you know, I wrote, um, you know, a lot, you know, in my, in my editor's letters about, you know, like the disappointments in my life and the failures. And that was a lot of what was in my book also. Yeah. Um, uh, my book, um, you know, Get Get Yours, How to Have Everything You Ever Dreamed Of and More, um, a lot of that was based on, you know, a lot of the book was based on my personal stories of, of you know, not just success, but also a failure. I was like, okay, here's what, here's how I d- was disappointed badly. You know, here's yes. what I learned then. Here's what I know now. And here's what you can get from this experience. Here's how you can maybe avoid this mistake. Or yes. if, you, if you make this mistake, just know that you're not alone, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it's, it's incredibly important for everybody to understand that we are all human and there is you know, nothing that makes successful people different. And, um, and I'm very much hopeful that you know, all of us, um, you know, now have you know, more of an ability, you know, to talk about our, our lives. And, you know, what I'm also grateful for, frankly, the Me Too movement for women. Oh, Because gotcha. you know, I do think that's opened up, um, you know, more areas for women in particular to talk about, um, you know, the various things that, um, you know, that have impacted us um, coming from, you know, men in our lives, you know, not just, you know, predatory behavior, but, um, you know, also, like, you know, dating a narcissist, you know, or what have you. It just, it, I yeah. think it's opened us up a little bit, you know, to be able to say more words about how men in our life have impacted us. Um, as we wrap up our, our interview today, um, we always end with um, allowing the guests to give an affirmation. Um, could you share with the audience maybe an affirmation that you like to use for yourself or something that you think that, you know, women need to hear? Right I, now? Have, I have like, you know, sort of personal philosophy, right? Um, and so doing what you say you're going to do is, is, definitely, um, is definitely a part of it. And I'm not sure if that, you know, qualifies as an, as an affirmation per se. Yeah, I think it can. Yeah, it's just a part of, it's just a part of, um, it's just a part of how I live, you know, um, you know, but that is, that's something that for me is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, I really, 
I think that, you know, my life has been about, um, you know, staying independent and, um, and, you know, you know, living for, you know, establishing goals and then, you know, going for dreams on my own terms. You know, I think that a lot of times women, especially have people in their lives who are trying to tell us, you know, how to live or, you know, trying to insert their, you know, their, their opinions or their, you know, their, um, you know, their perspectives, you know, where, um, we, we may not necessarily want them. Um, and, you know, and maybe it's even well-meaning, you know, it's probably just, you know, it's very well-meaning, but, you know, we are very influenced by what other people, you know, tell us to (laughs) do, how people live their lives, you know, and so, um, you know, I think that do what you say you're going to do is just sort of a part of this whole um, philosophy of, you know, I guess, you know, set your own dreams and, you know, go for your goals on your own terms, your you know, like terms. whatever your goals are, you know, they are your own goals, you yes. know, and so, I you know, have, yeah, be independent and, and you know, go, go, for, go for your goals and go for your dreams and live your life on your own terms. I love it. That's perfect. I love it. Amy, thank you so much. Amy Du Bois Barnett, uh, our special guest today for Respect My Crown. You have been such a blessing to us today, and thank you for sharing. And we talked to you to death. You can go finish your coffee. It's probably cold now. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually gone now. (laughs) Oh, is it gone? I'm actually drinking that fast. Thank you so much, Amy. Okay, thank you. I, I hope you have a great day. Thanks, everybody.